Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. <clears throat> it is Eric Erickson here. The Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let me give you the state of play and the lay of the land as we have it across the nation right now. Uh, what we know, what we don't know. Uh, one of the things we do know is that the Trump campaign is declaring victory in Pennsylvania Uh, They are ahead in Pennsylvania right now, 52% to 46% Joe Biden, uh, 3.1 million votes to 2.8 million votes. The problem is the vote outstanding. There are a massive number of ballots to be counted, and you do need to understand, let's just be intellectually honest about this, the Trump campaign went to court and was able to get uh, Pennsylvania to halt counting the early and absentee ballots. They wanted to do it before election day. The Trump campaign said, no, you have to wait. So they're waiting. Uh, And now the Trump campaign is saying, well, now you're not allowed to count them because you waited. Uh, They're not going to win this. uh, And and it's unfortunate that they're doing it. There are concerns, y'all. But listen, I was an election lawyer and I am very sorry. Um, This is we're, we're not in a situation uh, where the election is going to be shifted significantly um, with um, with the the president doing this, it's it's just it's it's you're not going to see wholesale fraud. For example, many of you today saw that in uh, one of the states, I think it was uh, Michigan, 153,000 uh, ballots came in for Joe Biden, all of them, 153,000. It was actually a clerical error. It was 15,000 votes came in. Uh, and, but it got whipped around the internet and people bought into it. I was getting text messages from people asking me what was going on. Uh, here's the lay of the land right now. Uh, Georgia is still too close to call. North Carolina is still too close to call. Pennsylvania is too close to call. Michigan and Wisconsin appear decisively for Joe Biden at this point. Uh, Wisconsin has formally been called. Minnesota is called. Uh, Arizona looks like it is trended towards Joe Biden, although the Trump campaign is insistent. The Republicans are insistent that the president is actually competitive there and that he's winning the votes. About 60 percent of the votes coming in are going to the president, and it's enough outstanding. Also, it is amazingly, exceedingly close in Nevada. Uh, Joe Biden is ahead by 8,000 votes in Nevada. By the way, it is Nevada, not Nevada, uh, Nevada. And uh, ironically, uh, the the you've got on the ballot in Nevada, you're required to have a line, none of the candidates. Uh, 10,391 people voted for none of the above. And if those people voted for Donald Trump, he would have won. Also, 10,852 people voted for Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian candidate. Had they voted for Donald Trump, he would have won, uh, but they didn't want to vote for him. 
and he is behind by 8,000 votes. Uh, so you've got uh, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia at play right now. What is happening with Georgia? Well, if you look at the vote totals in Georgia that we have right now, the president is ahead 50.19% of the vote. 2,396,000 votes to 2,320,000 votes. They're still coming in from the metro Atlanta area, still being counted. Now, what about David Perdue? David Perdue is ahead 2,395,000 to John Ossoff's 2,231,000 votes. This is an interesting dynamic on the Senate race here in that John Ossoff actually lost votes uh, from Joe Biden. In fact, if you look down the ballot in Georgia, what you will find is that there were a number of people who voted for Joe Biden and passed over John Ossoff and went to other races, uh, which is also somewhat foreboding for him. In the uh, Senate race here in Georgia, the runoff, or it'll go into a runoff, Kelly Leffler was able to beat Doug Collins. I actually really thought, look at the uh, Northeast Georgia turnout, Doug Collins was going to make it into the runoff. I, I genuinely believe the record turnout in Hall County and the like. Uh, but Kelly Leffler did it, and it looks like the late-breaking voters it had a lot to do, frankly, with people deciding this really was the governor versus the speaker. They wanted to decide with the governor. So the governor, big, big winner in Georgia with this. But what is the lay of the land for the future? Well, you know, Gwinnett County shifted very much to the Democrats here in Georgia. Uh, Rich McCormick sadly lost uh, one of the better candidates I've ever encountered running for Congress. Uh, he lost that race. The Republicans will redistrict. Karen Handel losing to Lucy McBath pretty decisively this time. Uh, and the Republicans get to redistrict. The Republicans, it looks like they may have lost a seat or two in the state Senate, a seat or two in the state House, uh, which was way better than anyone, including them, expected. Uh, it was a good night for the GOP nationwide, despite the presidency potentially going to Joe Biden. The votes look like they're there and what's left outstanding to hand the presidency to Joe Biden. But the Republicans dominated Susan Collins winning in Maine, uh, Joni Ertz winning in Iowa, uh, Tom Tillis. It looks like he is going to pull off a win in North Carolina. Frankly, it looks like the president is going to pull off the win in North Carolina as well. Uh, Martha McSally lost in Arizona, which we expected. Cory Gardner lost in Colorado, which we expected. Doug Jones lost in Alabama, which we expected. That was a Republican pickup. Uh, it is very close. The John James race in Michigan, ironically, he's doing better than the president in Michigan. It is very close there. I'm going to try to get some data on that in the commercial break because I know a lot of people are interested in that race. What actually happened last night? Well, there's a lot to be said about what did and did not happen that we'll get into. Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Every time you come here tonight after commercial break, I want to redo this, and I don't mean to be repetitive, but I think it's necessary. Joe Biden right now has 50% of the popular vote. Hang on, let me cough. Oh, getting over the stupid cold. Um, 50% of the popular vote. Donald Trump has 48% of the popular vote. Here, here's where left outstanding. Now, Michigan and Wisconsin have been called. What's left outstanding is Nevada, Arizona, Alaska, Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. The president has a narrow path, assuming Georgia, North Carolina hold for him. The president has a narrow path of essentially sweeping 
uh, a lot of these states. Uh, he's got 214 Electoral College votes right now. Joe Biden now has 253 Electoral College votes. If he wins Pennsylvania, and this is why the Trump campaign is declaring victory already in Pennsylvania to try to disrupt that, uh, if he wins Pennsylvania already, Joe Biden wins. Uh, if Joe Biden wins Arizona, he gets 11 Electoral College votes. Uh, with 11 Electoral College votes, and uh, the, the Biden team actually thinks they're going to win it, the Trump theme team thinks they're going to win it, that would give him 264 votes. If Joe Biden then wins uh, Nevada, he wins 270 votes and wins outright, uh, regardless of what happens in Pennsylvania. He doesn't have to win Georgia. He doesn't have to win North Carolina. Biden has multiple more paths to win the presidency still than uh, Donald Trump. So, for example, if Joe Biden, he's at 253 right now, he wins Georgia, he's got 269 Electoral College votes, he can then win any of them left, and he's probably going to win uh, Nevada. He'll get Nevada's six Electoral College votes. That would put him at 275. If he then does go on to hold Arizona, that would be 286. It really does come down to Pennsylvania, uh, in particular for the president. This is why the president is pushing so hard. The president has got to sweep the states right now. So the president right now has confirmed 214 Electoral College votes. Uh, if he gets Georgia, uh, he gets 16 Electoral College votes. If he holds North Carolina, that's 15. That's 245 if he does that. If he then gets Pennsylvania... That's 265. He still then has to win either Nevada or Arizona. Now, now actually, I, I take that back to a degree. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have to win one of those because he's going to win Alaska. Alaska's just outstanding because Alaska is Alaska. That would get him, that'll get him 268. Uh, assuming he wins, again, this is, this is big for the president. In order for the president of the United States to win re-election, he's got to win Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Alaska, and then either Nevada or Arizona. Um, if Joe Biden wants to win at this point, Joe Biden needs to, at 253 votes, Joe Biden needs to win Arizona and Nevada. Pennsylvania no longer matters. Uh, and he will be at 270 votes. If he then gets Pennsylvania, uh, he would be at 290 votes. That's the lay of the land uh, where the campaigns are right now. A uh, much easier path for Joe Biden still to win the presidency, but it was actually a dominant night otherwise for Republicans across the country. We need to put that in perspective. Uh, I want to get into this GOP night, and to do that, let's go to Brian calling from Atlanta. Brian, welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Exhausted. <laughs> yeah, listen, Brian, I just I want you to know you're hungover. I'm not hungover, I promise. <laughs> well, I, I would first say I, I'm a huge Trump supporter, but... I don't think this is necessarily the worst thing for the Republican Party. I know a lot of people are are uh, thinking this is the, the end of the world right now, but I think not having someone for the media to concentrate on, and not having and have uh, the progressives are going to end up also fighting with the uh, with the more moderate side of the Democratic Party. You could see the Republicans if they play their cards right, and I'm not so sure Republican Party is very good at that. Uh, yeah. They could actually. Uh, come to an advantage in four years, but they're going to have to learn. You can't run. You can't pull a Romney or a Dull. You can't run Pence. Listen, uh, you know, it, line. It, it's funny you say that, Brian, because the bottom line for election night, it, it let's, let's separate exit polling from the other polling. We'll talk about polling here a little bit. Exit polling, uh, nobody really disputes the exit polling is legit. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, it looks like Americans 
really like Donald Trump's administration. They just, a lot of them weren't fans of his. Uh, so they like his policies. And that's okay. going to be a problem for the Democrats because, we, as, mm-hmm. as a buddy of mine pointed out earlier, uh, with with the Republicans, it's just a, it's you need a new spokesman. With the Democrats, they need fundamentally new ideas. Well, you're going to see a huge ratings drop with all the new, all the news people too. There's going to be no Trump. Oh, absolutely. So where, are they going to find, where are they going to find their revenue? Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because there's actually a story out today. I forget where I read it. Um, one of the New York publications of what's the future? What's the deal with CNN now? Uh, without Donald Trump to kick around, how are they going to distinguish themselves? And I do think that they're going to have real trouble at CNN. Uh, just Dirty given are. the open hostility. So, yeah, I mean, they are, but even more so uh, now. What, I mean, what, who is Don Lemon going to attack every night? Uh, I exactly. guess he'll go after Mitch McConnell or something. Look, Brian, thanks very much for the phone call. I, I want to get into this further because I need to put in perspective for you uh, that the the overwhelming majority of the American media missed something last night. There was a blue wave across the country, but there was a red wave, too, and they canceled each other out. Uh, what happened is you had Republicans not only held on to the Minnesota uh, Senate, which they were expected to lose, they flipped the North, the New Hampshire State Senate, and they held every other state legislative chamber they already held. So the Republicans actually made up ground. Last night, when Republicans closed out the night, there is not a Republican in this country who thought they were going to pick up seats in the United States House of Representatives. Leadership was openly telling members to embrace for a 12-seat loss. Democrats were telling uh, their uh, folks to embrace a 7- to 15-seat gain, and the Republicans have picked up six seats. Uh, no one saw that coming. Uh, people, I, I, I'm one of, I think I may be one of the only people out there in the national press who said I thought the Republicans were going to hold the Senate, and it looks like they are going to hold the Senate, and they're going to hold the Senate by a bigger margin than I expected them to hold the Senate. Uh, it was a huge night for the GOP. Listen, and this pays dividends long-term because Republicans control a majority of state legislatures in this country, which means the Republicans get to be the ones to draw the lines for redistricting. We'll have to continue to hear Democrats complain about gerrymandering, mind you, uh, but the Republicans get to be the ones to do it. Eric Holder, one of the biggest losers in the election, Eric Holder ran the Democratic National Group to try to take over state legislatures for redistricting. Uh, Got a lot of money from George Soros. He did. Uh, I'm sorry if that offends you, me pointing out he actually did get money from George Soros' organizations to do it. And they lost. They lost everything. Republicans held every one of their state legislative uh, uh, chambers, gained the New Hampshire State Senate, and uh, gained the Senate, gained the United States Senate. They're going to hold on to it. Tom Tillis looks like he's going to win. Susan Collins won. By the way, Susan Collins won by five points. There was not a single poll in Maine that had her down by less than five points. Every poll in Maine had her uh, down five points or more. She won. Uh, Joni Ertz won. Had tipped Ann Selzer, best pollster in the country. She got Iowa exactly right. Uh, remarkable. In Montana, we held that seat. The Democrats were hoping to pick that one up. We lost Martha McSally, the worst Senate candidate to ever run. Uh, we lost Cory Gardner. Everyone knew he was going to be gone. Now you've got David Perdue still holding on, uh, still got enough to, to avoid a runoff if this holds, and Kelly Leffler going into the runoff with Ralph Warnock, uh, and she's going to win that one. The Republicans are going to keep the Senate. They're going to keep uh, the state legislative chambers. They picked up more governor's mansions. And they held their own in the House of Representatives. It's absolutely remarkable how good a night the GOP had, regardless of what happens to the presidency. 
I feel like he'll hold local politicians to the task, and we need more of that. Eric Erickson and Atlanta's Evening News, sponsored by Comcast Business on 95.5 WSB. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. I want to do a deep dive of everything uh, here in a little bit. Let me tell you, right now, Michigan has been called for Vice President Biden. Uh, There are six outstanding states, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska. The president needs to win all six of them to win re-election. Joe Biden needs to win just two of them to win the presidency. Uh, we will keep you posted as things come in. Michael and Norcross, let's go to you next. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, well, I have a question. I'd like your opinion or, or your take on it. Um, usually the stock market does not like uncertainty, and the election has been a lot of things uncertain, definitely, and the finalization might not be for a while, yet they had a good rally yesterday, and they're up yesterday. They're up today, and I would think that the corporate America that would that Trump would be their guy. Are, are they seeing something that that we're not? Because well, it looks like they're so hoping for, for yeah. The, the markets actually, uh, I would read it differently to, than you. One, they're happy there are no riots in America burning down. Two, they actually the a Biden presidency and a Republican Senate is the best of both worlds for the market because they're not going to get a repeal of Donald Trump's tax cuts. They're not going to get the Green New Deal, uh, but they're also not going to get Donald Trump's trade war with China and his tariffs. Uh, So the markets think they benefit more free trade from a Biden administration, ironically, without the tax increases that Joe Biden wants because the Senate Republicans will block them. The markets like that. We'll be back. on WSB, let me, uh, I'm going to dispense with phone calls because I want to talk to you and kind of walk you through what has happened. Here is what we know. Uh, Right now, we know there are six states outstanding uh, in the Electoral College, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska. Alaska, we know for certain, will go Republican. The president is at 214 Electoral College votes. He will get three additional votes to 217. Joe Biden is at 253 Electoral College votes right now. The president needs to sweep the remaining states in order to win. If he gets Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia, he gets 265 Electoral College votes. At Alaska, he gets to 268. He then needs to win Nevada or Arizona. Uh, to be get across 270. At this point, Joe Biden needs to win two of the outstanding states other than Alaska because he's not going to win that one. Uh, that, that's where we are on the presidential level right now. The president's team has filed a lawsuit in Pennsylvania and in Michigan to stop the votes. They've asked for a recall or a recount in Wisconsin. Recounts these days do really don't amount to much. Uh, the vice president has about a 30,000, 25,000 vote lead in Wisconsin, about the same that Donald Trump won it from Hillary Clinton four years ago. In Michigan right now, uh, it's a closer, much closer election. It's 49.8 to 48.6. 
uh, 2.68 million votes for Joe Biden, 2.61 million votes for Donald Trump. They're asking for a pause in the election counting there uh, to a to a judge, and they're asking a judge in Pennsylvania to stop the continued counting of ballots. They're probably going to go nowhere. They'll get some parameters in their favor, but they won't be able to stop the count. Uh, Georgia is very close to call. David Perdue is is shrinking his lead very close to 50%. If he gets under 50%, there will be a runoff with John Ossoff. It appears the Republicans are going to keep the United States Senate. Uh, they have won Maine with Susan Collins. They've won Joni Ernst. Uh, they've won, they're going to win Tom Tillis. hasn't been called yet, but it's pretty clear at this point they will. Um, they picked up uh, Doug Jones's seat in Alabama. They lost the Arizona and the Colorado seats, and that's it. That's the Senate. In the United States House of Representatives, the Republicans will pick up six or seven seats. It looks like they may pick up an eighth seat in Virginia. The Democrats and the Republicans thought the Democrats were going to pick up about 12 seats. Instead, it's the Republicans picking up seats in the United States House of Representatives. At the state level, this is important, the Republicans held all of their governor's races and picked up the Montana governor's race. Uh, the Montana legislature now and the Montana governor will be all combined with one party, giving the Republicans the triumvirate, so-called, both houses and the governor's mansion. They were able to hold the new, uh, Minnesota state Senate. Everyone expected the Republicans to lose the state Senate in, in Minnesota. They held it. They also were able to pick up the state Senate in New Hampshire, giving the Republicans a net one gain. The Democrats did not flip any state legislatures. Here in Georgia, everyone was bracing for a 10-seat loss of the Republicans in the state house. It looks like they may lose two seats in the state house, possibly uh, one seat. Uh, P.K. Martin, one of my favorite state senators, looks like he's uh, lost in the Georgia uh, state Senate. In Georgia specifically, the 7th Congressional District, Rich McCormick, uh, it has gone now to the Democrats. That's Rob Woodall's seat. Uh, Lucy McBath held on to Georgia 6, our two supposed swing seats. Uh, the 6 did not swing at all. Uh, makes you wonder if it is a swing seat. Now, what about the demographics and the lay of the land nationally? What are we seeing? There's some very interesting trend lines. Where does this Where does this work out uh, nationally with what we're seeing in the trend lines? It's actually a pretty good... Um, a pretty good night for the GOP minus the presidency, uh, which increasingly looks out of reach when you look at the outstanding vote to be had uh, in uh, Nevada, for example, in uh, Pennsylvania as well, particularly with the media now calling Michigan for Joe Biden. Uh, it becomes very, very difficult for the president to cross the threshold. Um, I, I would note, somewhat tooting my own horn, that the if you read my analysis yesterday of what I thought was going to happen, it is pretty much spot on happening exactly as I wrote it. Um, the, the one uh, caveat is Arizona, but I actually think it could flip back to the president, which would make me right. Uh, but nonetheless, here's the bigger issue. Um, we need to talk about Star County, Texas. Star County, Texas it means absolutely nothing to any of you. I realize that. But it should. Star County, Texas is the most Hispanic county in the United States of America. It is 96% Hispanic. Hillary Clinton won Star County, Texas in 2016 with 65% of the vote. Joe Biden won it as well last night with 5% of the vote. In Florida, Hispanic voters and young black men 
gave Donald Trump the state of Florida. Miami-Dade, the president held the Democrats uh, back further than they wanted in uh, the Pinellas County region, in the uh, Orlando and St. Pete area, and then in the Panhandle, Hispanic and black voters sided with white Republicans, and uh, they were able to pick off Florida for Donald Trump. What is most interesting is that a lot of analysts, I was, I had never thought that Joe Biden was going to win Florida, but a lot of Democrats yesterday got increasingly confident that Joe Biden was going to win Florida. Um, I, 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 th- I think I misspoke. I, I never thought Donald Trump was going to lose Florida. A lot of Democrats yesterday got increasingly confident that he was going to lose Florida to Joe Biden, and uh, they were blown away by the black and Hispanic vote for Donald Trump. If you've listened to this program, I started this program January 11th, 2011, and I have been saying that entire time that a realignment was coming in the United States politically. Uh, what was going to happen was as rich, white, secular voters left the Republican Party to the Democratic Party, they were going to alienate culturally conservative black and Hispanic voters who are really the core of the Democratic Party. Those people would move over to the Republican Party. Now, I have been laughed at by some of the biggest names in politics for saying that for the last decade. It happened last night, or at least it started to happen last night. Probably not enough to get Donald Trump the presidency, but it is starting to happen in places like Florida and in places like Texas and including places like Nevada. Hispanic voters and young black men voting for Donald Trump. Are the numbers significant? No, in the grand scheme of things, they're not significant. But Donald Trump is going to outperform every Republican presidential candidate in the last 100 years with the black vote. Donald Trump is going to outperform every Republican candidate in the last 100 years with the Hispanic vote, including George W. Bush, the former governor of Texas, who outperformed every other Republican before or after him with the Hispanic vote until last night. Uh, The Republican Party is transforming into a multi-ethnic working class party that's going to transform the policies, preferences of the Republican Party, but it's also going to transform the Democratic Party and probably not for the best for the Democratic Party. Uh, We're witnessing in real time a realignment, which to some degree explains why the polling missed the phenomenon. But the polling missed a whole lot more. You know, everybody was laughing at me for saying add two points to Donald Trump and all the polls. Had you done that? which I did, you would have gotten the Electoral College map that we're seeing shape up. But a lot of people didn't want to do that. Turns out there really are a shy Trump voter phenomenon. And how can you blame them when you see Antifa burning down the country? The media missed that. They saw the blue wave. They just never saw the Republican response, which turns out actually to have been bigger than the Democratic wave except when it comes to the Electoral College. I do like the fact that I can get a local kind of a touch. Eric Erickson. He very much wants to connect the national to local. 4 till 6 every day, 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. Y'all, I sat on my front porch all night long. <sighs> Had a little more bourbon than I should have, if I'm honest. Was Got three hours of sleep. I'm not hungover, you're hungover. But, now, what else is going on out there? Well, uh, we got Kelly Leffler into the runoff. Uh, I shouldn't say we. Uh, I actually thought Doug Collins was probably going to do it, given the turnout in North Georgia. 
and they weren't able to pull it off. And towards the end, uh, it very clearly was breaking to Kelly Leffler. Um, when you look at some of the late returns of the early vote, the folks who voted at the end of the week, I still got to think that that uh, turning this the Speaker of the House coming out against Leffler is something that helped her. Uh, I, I I really do think that. And ironically, now you know she um, uh, she uh, you. It's just it, it's it's a difficult situation when you got a guy like Doug Collins who's very very nice who everybody really likes and he wants to run for something, but the governor's made his pick and Leffler did not deserve to be fired because she hasn't done anything wrong. She's proven she's a conservative. The governor got to make the call and the, the voters of Georgia stood with him. And ironically now, if Collins had not been in the race, there's a very good shot that Leffler could have gotten above 50% and precluded a runoff. Uh, their combined number was about 47 point something percent. Uh, they were less than 3% away from 50% uh, combined. Uh, and a lot of people just didn't know who to go, who to consolidate around. Uh, and, you know, I got to wonder, will Republicans remember the speaker was one of the people who incentivized the division that kept the GOP from possibly not having to have a runoff in that race? Makes you wonder, and given that they've now lost seats every two years with Ralston as Speaker in the State House, got to wonder what's going to happen there with the State House Republicans. Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. I wish to, if you will allow, uh, give you another overview of where we are before we dive in a little more on a couple of topics. Uh, So right now, here are the states that have not been called. Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, um, Arizona, and Nevada, and Alaska. Alaska is going to go to the GOP. We don't know yet about Georgia. <clears throat> it's frankly not looking good for um, Donald Trump. It's looking a little better for David Perdue because a lot of Democrats didn't vote for John Ossoff. Uh, it's looking good for him in North Carolina. It is iffy in Pennsylvania based on the outstanding results. Now, you will hear some some network news say uh, Donald Trump has 213 Electoral College votes confirmed. Some are saying 214. I, I, I'm a big fan of Decision Desk HQ, and I've always kind of looked at them. They've got 214 uh, because uh, Maine 2nd Congressional District. Uh, has come in uh, for the GOP. A lot of the media has kind of gone under the radar. It has been called by the Associated Press, uh, but a lot of news outlets haven't picked that one up. That one's 214, gives him 214. Joe Biden is at 253. If Joe Biden wins Nevada and Arizona, uh, he will win the presidency at 270 electoral votes precisely, which is what he needs. Um, if he wins Pennsylvania, he will win with 273. Um, he, he's not going to win Alaska. He may win Georgia. It, I, I, it's not looking good for the GOP, frankly, in Georgia. But that's where we are with that. Now, uh, I, I am being bombarded by a bunch of people asking me, how is it possible that there was 91% turnout in Wisconsin? That sounds like a, a third-world despot forcing people to go vote. Well, first of all, keep in mind that your total population is not your registered vote. Your total adult population is not your registered vote. But more importantly, here's part of the problem that we're dealing with. It was not actually 
a 91% turnout in Wisconsin. Uh, the reason it looks like a 91% turnout in Wisconsin is because Wisconsin has election day voter registration. So you know what the voter registration number is in Wisconsin. Let's say it's a million people. And then you have show up. Uh, you've got 300,000 new people on the day of the election who want to register to vote and vote. Well, the reported voter registration number is the original million people. It's not the additional 300, it's not the 1.3 million people uh, because they have to actually go through and certify those people. They have voted, um, but they are voting on provisional ballots typically, waiting to make sure their voter registration paperwork is processed before their votes are added to the pool. Um, there, there's so many, this is, I, I'm actually really, really frustrated with my own side right now for the complete BS that is being circulated about a coup, a stolen election. Uh, I think it is deeply irresponsible to be doing what some people on the right right now are doing, uh, claiming that the election is being stolen. Are there gonna be isolated incidents of, of voter fraud? Yes. There will also be uh, isolated incidents of voter suppression. It no more means that Republicans intentionally try to suppress the vote than it does Democrats try to steal the vote. Uh, this stuff happens. None of it seems to be significant. And it is absolute horse manure to see Republicans out there claiming there's some sort of deep state's coup happening right now. I don't want Joe Biden to get elected either. But they're not stealing the election. I'm from Louisiana. I know how to steal an election. This isn't stealing the election. This is just counting the votes. And there's an issue there that you need to be able to explain to your to your neighbors who are going off the deep end on this. All right. I need to explain this one to you. This one is driving me crazy. All I can do is give you the facts. I can't make you believe them. The president's team was able to get Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and I think even Michigan, to not count early and absentee ballots in the run-up to the election. So those states didn't count this massive pile of ballots before the election. They could have started, but the Trump campaign pushed them to not do it, and those states agreed not to do it. And so now they've they've waited. We've got the election day results in, and now they're going to start counting. In, in Wisconsin, it was the, the Republican legislature that went along with it. And now the Trump campaign is saying, wait, now you got to stop. You, you can't count these votes now. You can't count these votes because you didn't count them on election day. Well, they agreed to not count them until the election was over, and there were millions of them. So they've got to be counted. Now, there is some shenanigans in Pennsylvania that I wish Democrats would admit is wrong. Pennsylvania is essentially taking uh, the position that if ballots come in now, you got to count them. It doesn't matter if there's not a postage stamp on it or, or a, a postmark on it that makes it very clear um, it, whether or not it was there on Election Day. They, they, they think that if, if your ballot comes in and the postmark is smeared, so you can't tell whether it was actually cast or mailed on election day. You should still count it uh, up to nine days. I have fundamentally, I'm opposed to this, and I think the Trump campaign is right on this particular argument. They're just we don't know how many of those votes will happen. We do know with the votes outstanding that were cast and certified to have come in by election day, uh, Joe Biden is probably winning those at about sixty to seventy percent, which means he's got a fighting chance of actually picking up Pennsylvania. Now, I've got friends on the ground in Pennsylvania who say eh, there's no way Joe Biden is going to win Pennsylvania. And that's fine with me. But if he wins Arizona and Nevada, he's going to win. 
if he wins Georgia, he's going to win. Um, so we got to actually, he's, let's see, what is it? If he wins Georgia, there are, yep, there are 16 electoral college votes in Georgia. So he would get to 269 if he won Georgia. So then if he wins Nevada, which he is, he wins. Or if he wins Arizona, he is, he wins. If he wins Arizona and Nevada, he wins. Um, so there's still a bigger path for Joe Biden. And I just think it is, is irresponsible for my friends on the right who are, are colleagues of mine, and, and I, I, I loathe to to call people out by name, but running this paranoia that the Democrats are actively stealing the election. Uh, if you people want to be victims and have a victim mentality for the next four years, count me out. Uh, I, I don't intend to be pissed off at the Democrats claiming that they stole the vote in Wisconsin and Michigan when, as an elections lawyer, I actually know the process of what they're doing and also know the Trump campaign made them hit the brakes and not count the votes when they should have counted the votes, which is uh, on the day of or prior to the election day, given that there were so many counted. Uh, if you want to manufacture yourself into victimhood, that's fine. Um, do that. Uh, but it's 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 a terrible way to live. Look at how the Democrats have lived for the last four years, uh, and I don't believe in payback like that. There's no reason for us to be just uh, brain biblical donkeys about this sort of stuff. If there are foul play, let's call it out, like the Pennsylvania Supreme Court saying keep counting ballots that come in after Election Day. We should fight that. But getting Pennsylvania to not count absentee ballots until after the election and then say, wait a second, the election's over, you can't count these ballots – that's a party foul on, on my part. You, you, you got to count the votes that were lawfully cast. Atlanta's Evening News with Eric Erickson. Local voice, national attention. Out of Georgia today, this is a, it's a tweet by Eric Erickson. Beginning at 4 every day on 95.5 WSB. It is 56 after the hour. Let me give you the lay of the land again, as I have been <clears throat> continuing to do. Decision Desk HQ, uh, one of my favorite sites. I love the guys there, friends with them, uh, so proud of their success. Uh, I've got their map pulled up, and here's what the map shows. Uh, the map showing that uh, we got six states outstanding still. Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska. Alaska will go Republican. Uh, there is a question mark about Georgia. The president's lead continues to dwindle in Georgia. In North Carolina, it looks very close, but the president's probably going to pull it out there. Um, and he's got to win Pennsylvania and then uh, one other state, Alaska or, or I'm sorry, Arizona or Nevada. Uh, Arizona and Nevada, if Vice President Biden wins both of those, he he wins. He's only got to win two states outstanding for the vice former vice president to win the presidency. It's going to be an interesting one. He, stay tuned to us. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.